Welcome back, back to, to Fang Fiction. Oh. oh, no. Oh, no. You horny little donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> we are the number one comedy podcast about fan fiction that is hosted by two Australian writers, recorded in a public library in the suburbs of Adelaide. I'm Lucy Hagen, a reader and writer of original transformative fiction living on Ghana land. I am wearing my many pocketed shacket and pants that I inherited from my grandmother. Oh, I forgot that it was called a shacket. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else calls it a shacket, well, but I a, do. A jacket made of shit. <laughs> yes, exactly so right. Good. And I am joined by It's me, Zach. Here he is. I am. I am I'm here. Uh, I've done it. Uh, welcome welcome it. us back. <laughs> <laughs> With open arms. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we were just saying to each other off mic like did you get like Zach asked me if I got any messages asking about when the new episode was coming out, and I was like, no, for this time I didn't. We've hurt you enough. Yeah, it's interesting that you don't. You've care. You've got the message. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it, you got the message that we don't care. <laughs> I mean, we we do, but we also we care about our mental health. Exactly. And it's been a weird six months. Anyway. It's been. It has been yeah. a year. That's right. It's a, a big sure. year. They could definitely say that. Um, I just had a baby, <laughs> which is why we took this time off as well. But when you have a yeah, when you have a, a maybe like a man yeah. baby, um, mm. they they're perfectly formed straight away. Yeah. Like, so I, yeah, I just gave birth to a a stockbroker. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, you must be so proud. Yeah. Well, look, I was for a second, and he <laughs> um he. Uh, Ran off to Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, and the midwife and, and caught million. him and was like, it's yeah. a devil. That's right. That's right. It's, yeah. This is, oh, it's worse. It's a stockbroker. Yeah. And it's, uh, um, he's gone. He's, yeah, he w- went on the market. He caused a crypto crash or two. Mm. And now he's suing me. Um, oh, cool. Uh, just for, yeah, cool. for, the, for the trauma. He wa- yeah, yeah. By giving birth to <laughs> he him. He walked into the courthouse carrying a sink and was like, let that sink in, That's dad. Right. Oh, yeah, I gave birth to Elon Musk. <laughs> I almost just, I almost just involuntarily just said cunt. <laughs> like, like when yeah. he just did that. I was just, just cunt, cunt, cunt. Get out, yeah. cunt. Like, you know when it's like when people have a laugh and it's kind of like a bark, but yeah, like yeah. it's just the, the, yeah. the, the rush of red that I saw <laughs> just then. Oh my god! I don't even use Twitter. Oh, me either. I haven't been on Twitter in years and years and years, and I still am furious. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back to Fang Fiction, where we talk about current <laughs> affairs that everyone really cares about. Like, and then don't release the episode is. for like six months, so I it's not out of date. Yeah, that's right. You're welcome. How's 2023? Yeah, um, yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, yes, it's me, Zach. Um, I'm wearing. Well, like I said, I've just I've just come from giving birth to uh this, this person yeah. yeah and it's because they come out fully formed you just kind of like kind of more like it's like an explosion mm. um more mm. than anything else mm-hmm. uh, so i kind of look like like a jam donut that someone's yes. like put a fist through a man-shaped fist a man-shaped fist that's right um but like still hot. Yeah, um, still we're, hot. We're back and we're still here in my immortal. Um, <laughs> so like I've I've tried as much as I can. When I got the when I got you know a cast put around me, I asked mm. for it to be black. Yes. Um, I'm assuming it is because it's all the way up from my toes to my head, mm-hmm. so I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to be wheeled in here on like one of those little little sack truck yes. trolleys yes. as well. Um, so I don't know, Lucy. Tell me, do I look good? You look great. Yeah. I have forged the signatures of every member of MCR. Oh, thank onto you so much. Cast, yeah, thank God. And they're all like, "Get well soon. Yeah, like, feel better." Oh, that's amazing. I thought it'd be more like, uh, you know, don't like die or like, you know, <laughs> oh like, yeah, true. Trying to think, like, feel worse. Like, you know, you know, everything is darkness and my heart is broken. <laughs> um, sort of situation. I googled the lyrics to an MCR song and then like. D- 
wrote That's them all right. down. And you wrote www.genius.com <laughs> forward slash my chemical. And you're like, oh, this is not. It's not that funny. Um, it's not worth it. It's he, can't worth even see, right. he can't even see it. To but it's joke. good, right? Like, yeah. you, I believe you. And Gerard's here, right? Because you yes. told me that. He yes, Gerard here. is just in the corner. Yeah. I've told him to keep quiet while we're recording. No, that's but all he good. Yeah, I've got your mic patched through into my, um, <laughs> into my cast <laughs> shell. But uh, that's why I'm assuming I can't hear Gerard's. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. If you could just, like, I don't know, push me a little bit or something might feel it mm. um yeah so that's what that's where i'm at <laughs> after giving birth to elon musk apparently <laughs> i'm so sorry for implying that you created elon uh, musk that's like like you know you know it's one of those like you, you're go, not responsible for go that. back in time situations mm. and kill hitler yeah but it's like it's going to be going back in time and just like i'm gonna just shoot myself in the back of the head because mm-hmm. it'll be like you can't give birth to <laughs> elon musk we respect democracy too much <laughs> <laughs> It's like, why this person? It's like, well, I can only solve so many problems, yeah. okay? And if I was the one who gave birth to him, like a jam donut, fully formed, <laughs> I need to go. You yeah, know, uh, thanks for that. This yeah. is, this yeah. is that real, should have no butted, not yes ended. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, we're back. We're back. We're back. We do apologize to your listener. Sort we of. Don't. I don't apologize. You know, we've no, got other things. No regret here. We've got other things. And if you don't respect that, fair enough. Yeah. Don't tell us. You don't have to listen. Yeah. If if it's hard for you to yeah, not get right. episodes every week, don't listen to Fang Fiction. That's right. And what are we what are we talking about this week, Lucy? We are continuing with the content sent to us by Jamie. That's my agricultural Love romance you, Jamie. online. Love you, Jamie. Sorry that we've taken so long to do yeah. your content and now oh have God. huge breaks between them. Yeah, I, if you any, said it I to feel me like months and months and months ago. It took us so long. I apologize to Jamie. Yes, I, I do genuinely because, apologize to Jamie. Because you've done so much work and it's so, so good. Yeah. And we're here to just don't Be mean it. about it. That's right. <laughs> um, um, no, it's... Um, it's so much fun. Uh, just a reminder. Yeah. So this is continuing on from the previous episode, um, reading the PowerPoint project, project proposal from Jamie, uh, that is cat looking at the mythology, um, the, well, the mythological tradition around vampires and how that applies in Harry Potter yeah. to, uh, canonize. That's right. Vampire Potter. And as we had last time, right? Like, Jamie drew that line between yes. being like, my immortal says Harry Potter's a vampire, mm-hmm. and this is why that's true. Yes. And that's that's what we... Just burped into the microphone. <laughs> this is why that's true. Okay. I haven't burped all day, and as soon as we started recording... Into the mic. Gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I get it. I do it yeah. all the time. Yeah. Always um, gassing. Always <laughs> Ladies be gassing. Ladies be gassing. That's that's how you know she's the one. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. Obviously, it was actually very sweet. I did get a message from a listener being like, "You guys sound so tired." Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope like, we sound super rejuvenated <laughs> now. <laughs> like. Maybe take a break. So we are <laughs> we are going to take a break. Um, we're going like obviously, uh, we're going into summer <laughs> here in Adelaide. Not that it feels that way today, but no. um, we're going to take a break for our summer, and um, so we'll release these. Uh, we've got the episodes of reading Jamie's fanfic already recorded. They will come right. out after uh, we've finished the world building episodes. 
Um, so they'll come out kind of coming into December and then we're going to take a break. We'll get a bunch of stuff recorded without releasing because yeah, this at the moment we're in, we're stuck in this schedule of like recording on Monday morning. I edit on Monday night and then it's released on the episode released on Tuesday morning right. and it is not and tenable. Then, and then take three weeks off to recover. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we're going to try and get some stuff in the bank and, um, yeah. And then we'll come back. Sometime in the new year when we feel ready. That's right. No, no commitments. If at all. (laughs) Twenty of you. Um. Luckily for you, I do. I love being in the mic, being on the mic in the studio with Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky for you. (laughs) Lucky for you. you, We actually do enjoy this. I do. Yeah. It's unfortunately the everything else part that stops (laughs) us from from doing these things. Okay. But you're lucky. You. Lucky you. (laughs) Um, I hope you don't yeah, <laughs> lean on us too much for emotional support. <laughs> if you do, honestly, you've got so many other episodes you can listen to. Just Yeah, there's lots of episodes. Re-listen Almost. to it. I'm sure it's still funny the second yeah. time. I've listened to each episode four or five That's times. So They're still funny. That's right. We're our biggest fans. Um, <laughs> we've almost been recording for a year too. That is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Haven't been releasing them for a year. No, but, but we have been, been recording, recording for a year. For a year. And it won't, I think... I rec- well, I can remember because I was in labor when the second episode came out. So it's yeah. not that long since the episode. No, till no, it was December. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, look out for our one year anniversary. Very special occasion. We'll be having a break for as long as we want to. Yes. Okay. That's the That's best right. celebration there is. That's right. So keep save the date. <laughs> save <laughs> the date. We will be Refresh your feed. Nothing will come up. <laughs> That's right. As, as you should be expected by now. <laughs> Fang Fiction. I only tune into Fang Fiction to hear about... Uh, Zach giving birth to Elon Musk, mm-hmm. Zach and Lucy apologizing for not recording, <laughs> and then not talking about the fan fiction for as long as they can, uh, and then a little bit of content, and then, and then see silence later. for four weeks. Yeah, then thanks for the memories. And then thanks for the memories. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, let's just dive right in. That's right. So I'll, I'll go back to the page. I think this is the page we ended the last episode on, but just a little, like, rather than doing a recap, we'll go back to the boy who lived. Oh. Because this is the thesis, basically. So on one side of the slide... Oh, actually, no. First, I've got a couple you know of corrections No, that's exactly Jamie. right. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for um, writing in. So... Got Jamie on the phone right now. <laughs> um, first of all... Uh, he did not appreciate the jokes we made about Lady Whitesnake. He said, Lady Whitesnake is a beautiful love story and I will die for her. Hey, very fair enough. About it. There is, um, if, for those Sorry, of us Jamie. who are interested in that legend, um, the Myths and Legends podcast has um, an adaptation of that legend. They're episode 164A to C of the Myths and Legends podcast. Beautiful. I will put that in the show notes. Uh, the second correction was the pronunciation is Vricolaka. The stress is on the co. Re-cloaker. 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 Still probably not saying it right. No, I'm purposely not saying it right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, and the third one was uh, obviously Christina um, got her US US English editor pants on and corrected the spelling of grey. Yes. Um, Jamie would like to... Clarify, he is from the US East Coast. He just reads a lot of European stuff and spells things British at random. Also, I will say, correctly. <laughs> That's Grey right. is spelt E-Y. That's right, Tina. That's <laughs> yeah. right. You're probably not listening, but if you are, this beef is yeah. is starting. We're, it's going. It's it, going. Fang fiction versus restricted section. 
We're going to lose. US versus we, UK. We do not have the numbers. We do not have the perseverance. <laughs> but we will be very vocal while we're on mic. <laughs> um, I spell grey G-R-U-Y. Oh, Groy. Groy. I'm wearing Groy pants. <laughs> That's one of those things that you learn about a friend. You step out, it's like, wow, this guy's really Groy today. And you're like, sorry, what was that? Or like, yeah, totally. Or like, if your husband turns to you one day and you're like, we've been together for so long yeah. and you've just said groy, that's like, that's going to be one of those like niggling thoughts that leads to divorce. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I never really knew you. I never groy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Sky, it's groy. Oh my God. <laughs> no. Um, you probably had this as a kid who grew up reading a lot. Did you have sure. words that you didn't know how to pronounce oh, yeah, yeah. until well um, into adulthood? Uh, my my big one, I still I had only because it, it hit me quite recently. Mm. Um, awry, I would say Ori. Ori or yeah. Ari. Yeah. Or Auri. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I fucking would. But yeah. more in that sense of like, there was two words that existed in my life. One yep. was Awry and one was Ori. <laughs> And um, now they're they're one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's they've come together. Oh, there's plenty of those. There's plenty. I only yeah. like. Last night, listening to a podcast, heard someone say "ouvre," and I never knew that oh, was the pronunciation yeah. of that word. I oh. thought it was "over," <laughs> "over." I don't even know which Apparently word it's is it. Oeuvre. Like is it? you know, is it like uh, Martin Scorsese's "ouvre"? Like, oh right, all his body of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently God, it's pronounced that's just oeuvre. not a word I'd, I'd want to say. Ever. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't like that at all. It's like it's like when um, <laughs> when someone says. Uh, when I read like, oh, like, do you want to record today? Mm. Um, and it's and it's actually pronounced, go fuck yourself, Lucy. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. Are you joking? I have so much going on right now. I'd rather die. <laughs> it's so funny. Every time I've had to cancel on you the whole morning, I'm like, fuck, I can't, I can't do this. It's like, like yeah. he's really busy and he like yeah. makes recording a priority. Like this is so <laughs> shit of me. Like I'm a stay at home mom. Like the least I could do is fucking uh, turn up. And then I message him. I'm so, so, so sorry. Like I didn't sleep at all. I can't handle it. And you're like, that's so fine. Yeah. Every time that's <laughs> so fine. I've no doubt you're like, thank God. Oh, the relief <laughs> I have when I step out of the shower and I see my phone notification from Lucy. It's like, great. Back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. The joy of missing out. That's right. Um, Jomo. Jomo always. Uh, so Jamie clarifies he's from the city where the musical Hairspray is set, which I assume is Amazing. a is a, a reference that you would understand, Zach. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm super. Hairspray was one of my all time favorite films growing yeah, up. Yeah. Um, I've seen the John Travolta one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I mean, I I have seen the John Waters one, but I'm not fancy enough to say that that was my favorite film growing up. The John Travolta (laughs) one, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I still, if I rewatch that movie, there is just no joy like watching John Travolta dancing. Yeah, it's just absolutely. He's so he's so beautiful. Anyway, so yes, uh, Jamie is from Baltimore. Which okay, okay, I was like, which is from Baltimore. Um, and sent me a fun fact about Baltimore. Amazing. It's where the, the musical Hairspray is set. It's, yes. There and in go. the musical Hairspray, there's a song called Miss Baltimore Crabs, which sounds like a dirty joke. Uh-huh. Turns out it isn't. They're a seaside town. Crabs were a main export a century ago from Baltimore. <laughs> and it's still, quote, so goddamn baked into this city's culture that you can get crab-shaped chocolates that oh, wow. might have real seafood spice in them. Lobster-flavoured ice cream, man. Christmas ornaments made of crab shells, yeah. crab spice bikinis, and everything else you can think of. Holy shit. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you, I Jamie. Love, I love, I love like, learning that. You just can't turn off the law tap. Yeah, yeah. You're like, anything I can talk about, I've written a thesis about. That's what I'm assuming about <laughs> oh, you, Jamie. It goes because, on. There is, because, yeah, fantastic. There are no, please theses. tell me more about Baltimore. Do you want to know more about I don't want Baltimore? to talk about fucking my immortal. Yeah, no. cool. Yeah. There's a whole street festival in Midsummer dedicated to the Hon aesthetic, which is basically what you see in Hairspray, but cranked up to 10,000. Incredible. 
In a letter over a month, Hamden, a trendy neighbourhood, is having its Christmas festival. People living there turn the whole neighbourhood into a theme park with giant nutcracker statues, animatronic tours through hold houses, etc. The local ice cream place sells hot chocolate from its doorstep. Yeah, Christmas shapes. Last time I was there, our street vendor was selling whole baked lobsters on a stick. That's <laughs> so <laughs> wild. Isn't that's it like, so crazy? That's like a pole. Yeah. Like, like, that's not a stick. That's like <laughs> yeah, a whole right. lobster. Holy shit. <laughs> That's a weapon. Like it's like you couldn't sell them in Australia because you'd get arrested. How would you eat it too? Do you eat like you can't eat There's the no shell? Eating. Right? There's no eating. There's no eating. You just it's, wield you, it. You beat someone until it becomes meat, <laughs> and they become meat too. That's yeah. Yeah. Holy fuck! But so yeah, that was fun. Because I mean, most that I know about you, uh, Jamie, is that you've written this thesis about my immortals. Yes. So I'm assuming that's just what you do. Yeah. Just it constant. seems like yeah. And uh, he is doing. I think currently is doing a similar kind of world building thesis about supernatural, particularly wow. the finale. Shout out to my sister. His... Hit that up. She <laughs> on his AO3, which is Cryptid Cat Kid. And, cryptid um, Cat Kid. I will all put that one in the show words? notes as well. I believe so, yes. Sure. I need to double check that. Yeah, but yeah. yes, it is all one word. There might be a number. As someone who decided to put underscores in their um, like Instagram handle, I constantly forget yeah, what yeah. punctuation is, is <laughs> yeah, inside same. it. Yeah. I have underscores in my AO3 account as well. And that was Cute. Like, yeah. I love that. I love an underscore. Love an underscore. Love an underscore. <laughs> wow. Jamie, Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. So Jamie's from Baltimore, but he uses British spelling, aka correct spelling. Groy. Yeah. Groy. <laughs> All right. The boy who lived. Yeah. Is that with a question mark? That's with a question mark. Right. That's I'm, I'm that trying to make eyebrows. that really close. Yes. The boy who lived? 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 The boy who lived? Lived. That's how I feel. Each morning I wake up, I'm like, alive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Still here. <laughs> um, okay. One side of the PowerPoint, the one side of the slide uh, has a list of uh, summarizing um Typical world building for vampires compared with Harry Potter. Yeah. Vampires are previously human, turned by a temporary death or traumatic event, sometimes involving the death of a child. Boom. Harry Potter. Big dick. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Previously a normal boy. Yeah. Miraculously survived the killing curse through his mother's sacrifice, left with a piece of Voldemort's soul soul and a permanent scar. Yeah, super hot, big dick. Super hot, big dick. Yeah. Looks like Gerard. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. No, Joel Madden. Looks like Joel Madden. Looks like Joel Madden crossed with Gerard Way. <laughs> fucking limp biscuit. <laughs> Vampires take the shape of animals in the case of Alamia being a snake human hybrid. Yes. Harry Potter is associated with and descended from animal shapeshifters, see through the eyes of a demonic snake. Yeah. Vampires are under the full and partial control of the vampire that created them and can be used as conduits for their senses. Harry Potter, of course, is forced to constantly fight off possession from Voldemort and dreams through his mind. Mm-hmm. Finally, vampires can only be destroyed through rituals where the vampire is trapped in its grave, forcing its soul into the afterlife, and in some cases seen as freeing the deceased spirit. Harry Potter is only able to find peace after the peace of Voldemort's soul in him is forcibly cast out and Voldemort is killed permanently. Boom. Boom. Super hot, big dick. That's what. Super hot, big dick. Yeah. Rock hard, marble, Boom. alabaster abs. Boom. That's right. Like, uncomfortable for literally everybody. Horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Can't think of anything worse like than having like, sex with a marble remember, statue. Imagine grinding on a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, like, being that brick wall, too. It's like, I feel nothing. <laughs> I feel nothing. <laughs> that was a great vampire yeah. accent. <laughs> I feel nothing, darling. I feel nothing. That's right. <laughs> 
All right. Next slide is the retelling Master of Death. Oh. So here we get into the MIU, I believe. Thank God. The story of Harry Potter can be read... Oh, no. Still looking at Harry Potter. Sorry. I apologize. Don't fucking lie to me. (laughs) 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 The story of Harry Potter can be read as a vampiric narrative. Sure. In addition to the evidence previously cited... See previous episode. That's right. The themes of the interconnected fear and mastery of death present present throughout the series connects heavily to narratives of undeath and resurrection. Did you I remember the moment that I reread Deathly Hallows and was like, oh, this is like Jesus. This is like a Jesus uh-huh. story. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sucked. That's <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that took the that took the beauty out of it. Took the just a little out bit. Of it. But and do you think do you think there's some sort of there's like a hang up right where it's like any sort of resurrection story mm-hmm. you can be like oh it's Jesus it, it is a bit but it's, it's a, like, kind of it's always a like, Jesus story it's like but with Harry Potter there was also the whole like he's doing it for everyone like he's dying for this yeah kind of I aspect. think it's, it's but a yes. hard thing to avoid if you it got is a hard hero thing to avoid. and especially like it's all like it Jesus was the first thing to ever be resurrected that's but right yes I don't know it's kind of like it's like you know at the end of the Dark Knight Rises the Batman takes the big nuclear bomb out over the water so it explodes and sacrifices himself right it's like it's like Oh, but it's not a Jesus story. <laughs> like it's like it's like just because yeah, he died. It is a pretty he, like he does come back because he faked it or whatever <laughs> the fuck. But it's like, but it's like, just because yeah. we did do it for everybody. I think it's more of a hero's thing yes. than it is anything that's, else. That's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. Jesus In, did, un- after all, have a hero's yeah. journey. I am a JK apologist. So yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. That's yeah. that's why we still have you on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Got <laughs> and a balance if you listen, right. Fifty fifty. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you listen to the restricted section, you can get a real good sense of how much. <laughs> Zach apologizes for Jack. <laughs> That's exactly Rowling. right. I'm super pro <laughs> Harry Potter in general. Um, it's super good. I have this awkward thing at the moment that, like, obviously being a Harry Potter fan was like a big part of my public identity for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. And but and I've become a lot more private of a person generally mm-hmm. over time, and so and I don't like identify myself through pop culture nearly as much as I used to. Yeah, and so my changed feelings about Harry Potter aren't broadcast nearly as much as mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah, positive yeah. feelings were. Yeah. And so I still have people like who still love Harry Potter wanting to talk about it with me. And I'm mm-hmm. always in this awkward thing of like, I don't think I'm ever going to... Just link him the podcast. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. like, that's all you need now. <laughs> oh, no worries. No, yeah, I mean, I sure do actually do a Harry Potter podcast if you listen to it. Um, I, that's legit what I do. I'm like, oh, I actually guessed it on a Harry Potter podcast, the restriction section. Uh, yeah, shout out. Shout out. Um, and we just talked about how much we hate J.K. Rowling. And that's yeah. a really good way to, like, kind of let people know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they respond and say, well, I hate trans people. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, we haven't spoken for a long time. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah, this is... And then, they, and then they're like, anyway, so, like, I've got this cool marketing, like, then they start marketing uh, Yeah, cool, me. awesome. I'm like, That's yeah, great. cool. You're like, That's yeah, great. classic, very classic. Any current Harry Potter fans are also involved in MLMs. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a fact. Mm. Cool, but yeah, Jamie's content. Jamie's content. In almost every book, Harry ends the installment waking from a near-death state. He consistently, brazenly subverts death in a way that other characters do not, and these repeated near escapes can easily lend themselves to a darker interpretation. Mm. Mm. I therefore posit a new interpretation of Harry Potter. Harry's vampiric nature constantly lurking just under the surface of the narrative, if not as a canonical fact, then as an underlying trope that links many of the series' major themes, raising doubt as to Harry's nature as the archetypical saviour of the light. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that too. I, I think that's a really wonderful way to, yeah, to complicate that 
like what we were yeah, just saying, right. that kind of like Christ very narrative. Yeah. To Version. say, yes, yes, uh, perhaps he's not quite as, you know. Well, yeah, it's the idea like he's not, he's not. That's right. That's right. Mm. Like he's not Jesus. He's not Jesus. He's a he's vampire. He's yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is perhaps more accurately a sort of unchosen chosen one. Mm, that's fun. Love that, Jamie. That's fun. Nice. Yeah. Thrust upon him. Thrust not, upon. Not thrust it into. We'll just let that one hang that's for right. a moment. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not unpack that. <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter and its titular characters have been cast in the lens of the tragic hero. I love hero the word titular. Ben. I love titular. So it's so like, ooh, titty. <laughs> titty. Titty. <laughs> the titty character. <laughs> the titty right. character. He's yeah. the titty character. Have been cast in the lens of the tragic hero in fan culture, perhaps more than the original narrative deserves. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. However, this new interpretation lends itself to further exploration of this side of the protagonist and his universe. The following slides will explore other possible facets of the vampiric world of Harry Potter. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is one of those things that, like, uh, I really like how Jamie's interpreting everything. Mm. It's I still it still comes back to that, like, J.K. just doesn't feel s- smart enough. Yes. In that regard. Yes. Like, I don't think I think I think she did spend a lot of time world building mm. in a way that is worked for the books and whatever else but mm. this is this is a really c- good example i think of like the fan fiction like yeah. fans taking this to the next level totally. um i can't i go i can't imagine that she was thinking in yeah. like chamber of secrets yeah yeah that his like near-death experience was a reflection of an undead nature <laughs> yeah but not necessarily what jamie's saying here mm. but i think it's a really cool interpretation to take yeah. that as like not a resurrection in like hero can't mm. die situation, mm. but thinking a bit more of as like a this inner darkness yes. element. Yeah, I think that's really fascinating. Absolutely, um, just as like a concept, mm. not even necessarily. Uh, yeah, I, I I like that Jamie has found that gem, mm. not that a uh, yes, I, not that. But I don't want to give it to J.K. at all. Totally yeah. agreed, and I do think, and it it is in line with like there is quite a rich, um. Mm, trope is not the word but anyway in mythology of like a character kind of can't die until they've resolved their darkness yeah in many ways uh, like and when it happens it's great when yeah they die before they can resolve it it's yeah so then tragic. it's like oh yeah um but yeah so you do get a lot of um other, like prince of death i think is the name of the of the mythological trope that Ooh. um yeah characters that like like Batman at the end of The Dark Knight, yeah. like, appear to die, but their story isn't, like, their journey isn't yes. complete yet, so they can't die yet. Yes. They have to yeah. keep coming back until, yeah. until their darkness is, yeah. is resolved. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Lovely. Well, Love like it. That. Love it. The retelling two, Gender and the Serpent Sorcerer. Ooh. Mm. Okay, there is so much text on this page. And Jamie did clarify, and we did, I did know this, that it's intentionally... Bad oh yeah, graphic yeah, design, yeah. obviously. Obviously, the like purple background, red text, chiller font. Yeah, it's funny, but also like fuck, is it hard to read? Yeah, here no, me There's too, Jamie. Like here. when I when I do horrendous, horrible things, it's also like on purpose. Yeah, like, like, it's, like it's a, that's right. Do you like get the joke? Yeah, yeah. Like you when know? I was like, yeah, Lucy, I'll record a podcast with you. That was like <laughs> that was just that was just a joke. Um, more and than here we else. fucking and are. Here we fucking are. 
We will first look at how Vampire Potter, as we will call him, influences the character's relationship to gendered narratives. Harry is, for his entire life, defined in large part by his mother's sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Her act of love allows the narrative to begin, and then to continue, as her lingering presence reappears in Harry's times of greatest needs to miraculously save his life, and is eventually revealed to be the source of most of his nearest escapes. While Voldemort's soul's presence in Harry is a focal point of the narrative, it is reasonable to say that a bit of Harry's mother's soul follows him just as closely. That is beautiful, Jamie. Yeah, I love that. that's lovely. The grief and sacrifices of the mother are also present in vampiric lore, as was mentioned previously with Gello and with the serpentine Lamia. Gello and Lamia are vampires defined by their femininity, and specifically their female trauma, as they are turned into monsters by their grief over their lost children. Harry, as an inverse of this, a being permitted to live by his mother's death, also carries a fundamentally female trauma with a closeness uncommon to male protagonists. Instead of a single singular occurrence, his mother's love for him, and by extension her nature, is one of the cores of his character and narrative. And I think that is reinforced quite explicitly throughout the books in that there are very significant moments where Harry lives because a woman a mother yeah, intervenes. Absolutely. So like the biggest one obviously is when Narcissa Malfoy lies to Voldemort and says that Harry is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, Jamie, you give me I little tingles. This is yeah, fantastic. This is fucking great. This is sick. Yeah, yeah. I love I never because you know, never even thought about it in mm. that way. But like again, this idea of this like strange little subversion because yeah. it's just, it's the mother that's coming through. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean it's also an interesting commentary in that it was uh, a woman that had to sacrifice yes. herself oh, of course, as well of course. to keep the hero yeah. alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. but those, those little mother figures, because that was that, like with um, uh, Narcissa. Narcissa. Yeah, Narcissa. I said Narcissa right. before, that's right. didn't I? Yeah, Narcissa. That's I think. Yeah, Narcissa, because that's really interesting, because that, I remember that, uh, that moment after you've said it, mm. and it is very much a reflection of like, the feeling is like it's a reflection of motherly intent. Mm. Like it's her yes. being like, I need to protect a child. Yes. Not not her until then who was quite a pretty flat mm. background character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I really like your point, Jamie, that I hadn't thought about before that this, that yeah, the mother sacrifice isn't like the one instigating incident. It's something that comes up throughout the story. That's right. And continues to have echoes and impacts. Yeah. On the story. Echoes and impacts is a really good way of describing it. Because that's, that's something that I find really frustrating in storytelling is when sacrifice or death in general is kind of treated as this like thing that happens. And like mm. in the moment, the character's like, you know, the protagonist is like, no, my mother is dead. But then yeah. it's like, they never thought about it again. Yeah. Like grief doesn't exist and like the impacts and yeah, the echoes of death yeah. kind of don't happen. Whereas in this, yeah, it's it's always his mother's sacrifice is one of the most fundamental aspects yeah. of his character. And for like a mother that he never knew. Yeah. Right? Like it's like it's that yeah. idea of holding on that that again I, I use the echoes and impacts mm. bit they use because it's like mm. that death is now still rippling yeah. through his life and repeating mm. um but so is the love right like yeah, i think that's right. one well, that's of the, the whole point right things, of the sacrifice i think yeah. one of the beautiful things about harry as a character is like this child who was raised in the most horrifically abusive awful world you know like he, when you pair him next to Dudley, who grew up in the same family, they couldn't be more different. Like yeah. Harry is this beautiful, gentle, loving, compassionate human being, and I think 
I've always read it as a huge part of that is like the deep love that was in his life from his parents in the first mm. year of his life. Yeah. And that he always had this security and love like within him. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that again, like, I guess at, in your thesis, Jamie, is like the piece of Lily's soul is there as well as the piece of Voldemort's soul. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. Just like tie it back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then much like in My Immortal, yes. which is powered by love. Yeah. Um, like, like, you see that, right? You see those themes coming through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that if you go back in time and you have sex with a fascist, that's right. they don't become... You know, that's exactly right. Because it's all about love. Yeah, like, anybody put love. a piece of her soul inside Voldemort. Yes. you know, <laughs> with her with her fingers, probably <laughs> like consensually. I I assume. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what carries. That's what ties it back, right? Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay, so returning to Jamie's work, this brings us to the fact that many magical serpents are either female themselves or work in relation to women. And the fact that these specific serpents are associated with the primordial, the underground, and the places between life and death. The Lamia, the Babylonian dragon mother Tiamat, and the Delphic oracles Python are all examples of this trope. Harry Potter is often seen as a true-to-the-trope modern male protagonist, a chosen boy rising from humble roots to save the world. However, with the feminine natures and traumas inherent in his particular inability to die, or perhaps his undeath, it becomes clear that Harry's narrative is also strongly female. Yeah, I really really like that reading. Yeah, and I I think you're you're doing a really good job, Jamie, of going towards like, what is it about Harry Potter, right? Like, what Mm. is it about this version of the hero's journey that has resonated the way it has? Yeah. Um, And and the subversions of the hero's journey, I think uh, you've hit the nail on the head. Like, the fact that it's subverted in these like subtle but really significant ways make it that much more compelling yeah that's right like yeah and that is that's yeah mm. you're really drilling into some sort of an unconscious mm. fusing and i think that was like what the thesis was at the beginning was mm. that it's been there's it's been built as this like stealing from a hundred different ideas yes um but that coming together still makes mm. a lot of sense mm. yeah. Uh, yeah fascinating abracadabra <laughs> abracadabra yeah all right here we go the serpent as primordial rebirth Snakes are also, even when separate from magic entirely, symbols of rebirth. As they shed their skin and appear to be young again, cultures throughout history have revered snakes and serpents and ever renewing and ever uh, as ever renewing and ever living. The white snake is a trope that appears across cultures and takes the form of a seemingly humble white snake or serpent that possesses some exclusive means, often an, a herb or a potion, to return the dead to life and health or to resurrect themselves. Nice. Snake justice. Snake justice. That's um, that's actually that's another word that I have read and don't know how to pronounce. Is snake Ouroboros? Ouroboros? I, I say Ouroboros. Ouroboros. Let's if it's go not with that. correct, I like it better. Yeah. Like it's like Ouroboros. Yeah. Ouroboros. 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 Maybe that's the pronunciation. Ouroboros. Ouroboros. In the most Aussie. Yeah. Nice. Get a fucking fan of Ouroboros the other day. Try to like, throw him out, couldn't do it. it was, like, <laughs> just kept going, kept anyway. <laughs> like, nothing. On a meta narrative level, serpents also serve as guardians of the inmost cave, the stage of a heroic narrative where the hero is closest to death, oftentimes completely dead, and then reborn with new knowledge or powers. My favorite moment in the hero's journey. Yeah. The serpents in the cave of Grendel's mother in Beowulf are a prime example of this, as are the water snakes in the rhyme of the ancient mariner. 
Ooh. Fascinating. I've seen the Beowulf movie. I have not. weird animated one. That's like very, very Uncanny Valley, that one, right? Yeah, I think I right. tried was, to was, watch it, it and couldn't. It was one I of the... stomach it. it was, they were trying new tech. Yeah. And, and I think Angelina Jolie was the um, dragon snake. Right. Thing. Yeah. She's a good character to play a dragon snake. Yeah. Really, actually. Yeah. She's a good actress to do it. She's, she's fantastic. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Love it. A darker, brighter future. A narrative as culturally ubiquitous as Harry Potter is ripe for reanalysis and reinterpretation. And the possibility of a vampiric narrative presents new and interesting opportunities linking the existing story and characters to varied and diverse folklore. Harry's journey through death, hope and trauma and his less discussed relation to gendered narratives find new avenues here. Harry Potter as a series separates the dark and light, the macabre and the wholesome, almost to a fault seemingly in juxtaposition to its central theme of the exploration of death and mortality. This narrative may offer some much-needed fluidity to the, to the wizarding world, and more specifically to Harry's own struggles with mortality and morality. Mm, I like that distinction there of being like, the, it constantly tries to separate a good and evil, yes. yet there's obviously this fusion inside yeah. Harry. Yes. So it's like, are you trying to keep those distinct halves yeah. there, where it's yeah. like, would it be better if it was... Fused. It mm. was all about removing the part mm. of Voldemort as yes, well. Yes, and end. killing it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the new knowledge, really, that it yes. comes out with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, and I think that's that's something that I look for in storytelling all the time, and it's what it's the reason I'm so passionate about Star Wars is because I think it, you can look for it so much. There is this idea that you're always presented with this like binary of like dark and light or whatever, black and white, but like the point of the journey is to find the third path, like is to find the point in between yeah, that binary. And totally. I think um, Harry Potter is an interesting character because he's he's sort of done the opposite. Like he starts in the middle, like he's got the piece of Voldemort within him and he's got the love from Lily within him. So he's sort of already in the grey and his journey is kind of, the groy <laughs> is like bouncing between the darkness and the light in mm. some ways. And then, you know, he ends up reborn yeah in the light but um i like the idea that that yeah, third path is very interesting yeah um, yeah because uh, yeah and we all live in the groy yeah we do yeah, yeah and there and we're sold this story in our cultural tradition in our mythologies in our all of our storytelling that we that there is this standard that's the light and our failure to meet that standard yeah. makes us dark that's right and when in fact it's not about you know leaving the dark and reaching the light it's not like a one-way journey it's a third it's finding the third path and yes making making the choices that yeah are good to yourself and to the world around you that's right yeah find the third path find the third path yeah <laughs> fang fiction rule number one that's right find the third path that's right <laughs> Fuck Voldemort. Like, this literally not, do it. Yeah, fuck it. It'll no, fuck go him. back in time and fuck Tom Ridd. Put, that's right. <laughs> yeah, put, put some, put some love light. inside him. Put the, put the love put inside light in. him <laughs> with your fingers. <laughs> with your fingers. <laughs> However way that you and they want it. <laughs> right. 
Uh, the final conclusion sentence is, Harry has always been a character loved by fans who found solace in his status as an outsider and stranger to his world. The theory of Vampire Potter and its various layers offer a wealth of new material for those looking to find allegory or solace in Harry's story. Oh, Beautifully yeah. done, Jamie. Beautifully done. That's incredible. This yeah. is how are you even close to justifying my immortal right yeah. now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's another episode, I that's think. A, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know. Yes. Um yeah, so as I mentioned in the previous episode, we also have um lots and lots of content from Jamie in terms of his world building for the fan fiction. So we'll, we will <laughs> do our best That's to right. get back dive and, into that. To dive yeah. into that in another episode. Thank you so much, Jamie. That was Holy absolutely fuck. a pleasure to read. Yeah. I'm so it was actually really fun to get a bit serious on fan fiction. Because <laughs> <laughs> we never get serious, We never Lucy. get serious. Nah, it never we've, it's we've, a comedy we've been very serious with each other today. And yeah. so it was kind of, it was appropriate that this That's right. episode had a little bit more seriousness. That's right. <laughs> Um, you find your groy. Yeah, find your groy. Find that third path. Walk yeah. within the groy. Walk within the groy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It kind of makes me think it's like it's like this like barrier of snow, but it's dirty. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like, that that's oh, where you want to walk. Why is is the in snow the sludge. Gray? That's right. Yeah. Get in the sludge. <laughs> Get in the sludge. Don't really know what snow is over here. No, we we um, don't. But I've seen have, it in movies. I was about to say, have you ever been? Yeah, in no, snow? I have. I'm still cultured. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 incredibly rich. I got I to be I... with my husband the first time he ever saw snow, which nice. was absolutely wonderful. That's beautiful. Mm. That's stunning. Yeah, and yeah. I'm so looking forward to showing my daughter snow for the first time. Amazing. Because yeah. I know, like, yeah. Toss her out. Yeah, just get out there. <laughs> yeah, get it. Uh, no, yeah. come back at sunset. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> you ruined me, Bojack. Go watch Bojack Horseman. Go watch Bojack Horseman. That's heaps better than this podcast. If you're missing us, watch Bojack Horseman. If you're missing us, that's right. That's the direct comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's like the level of quality that we obviously reach with every that's episode. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you can set the standard with that. All right. Well, wow. thanks for the memories, Zach. Yeah, thanks for the memories. See you in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Fanged Fiction was created by Lucy Hagen. It is produced and hosted by Lucy Hagen and Zach Benn. Our theme music is by Wolf and Chain. We record in the media room at Parks Library. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FangFictionPod. Please subscribe, rate and review us in all the podcast places. It helps the gothics find us. If you'd like your work to be featured on FangFiction, you can contact us on Instagram or email us at fangfictionpod at gmail.com. We acknowledge the sovereignty of the Ghana people. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thanks for the murmurs.